Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Runner's World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week, we're speaking about Kipchoge versus Bikili. At London, we're speaking about running and fatherhood and why those new Nike shoes look like they're going to get banned. Ooh, so big news last week, Ben, was that uh, Kenisa Bikili uh, will be taking part at the London Marathon in April and he will, of course, be going head-to-head with the little-known Elida Kipchoge. Oh, two, the meeting of two very underrated, <laughs> barely-talked-about runners. Yeah, uh, super exciting, I think. And um, you know that I'm a big Bikili fan. So, you are. So I was like, wow, this is actually amazing because Kipchoge, like, it can feel like it's going to be a procession for him, can't it? Because he's just like, he wins all the time. He does. And I will I will champion his cause. Okay, well, I'm going to champion Bikili then. Oh, great. So It's a, it's a Rick Pearson, Ben Hobson head-to-head okay. for the Bikili Kipchoge. Head-to-head. Well, you can go first then. All right. <clears throat> Elio Kipchoge is the fastest man on the planet. That is that is the case. Right, no. So I think for a fair fight, let's... Uh, skip over the small point that is Eluk Kipchoge running sub two in okay. Vienna. So we're not going to use that as the benchmark for anything. We'll reference it because yeah. it's important. But I think let's compare 2018-2019 Berlin marathons. Okay. So that's the start point. So current world record holder, Eliud Kipchoge, two hours, one minute, 39 seconds. Yes, that's true, Ben, but we're talking about Two seconds here. We because are. Because Bikili obviously ran the same course yep. the, the year after, uh, two seconds slower. So actually, the actual times in um, official races with no pacers uh-huh. and no magical shoes yes. that now maybe not allowed to be running <laughs> yeah. are actually almost identical. So I think we, we can think that Kipchoge is out on his own. He's the fastest man, but only by two seconds, Ben. It's nothing. I know. No, I agree. I think that, that, that it was a real surprise when Bikili ran that time. Yeah. Um, but... I'm going to say that he had a time to chase. True. So when Kipchoge set the world record in 2018, unknown territory. Mm. So he was just headed out. You know, um, it was a different race. The two raced a very different style of race. Kipchoge was basically on his own from mile one, not his own, had paces, but from mile one, Kipchoge was separate from the pack. Yep. Bit, bit of a time trial, really. A bit of a, you know, mm. as you say, a procession to see what this man could do. And obviously set a fantastic world record. So... As the man, I'm gonna, as the man who went into uncharted territory and set a record, yeah, he, he and mentioning the unmentionable of breaking two, he's got so much more room to improve. Yeah, I, I, I give, I give you that. I give you that. I would say this. So let me ask you a question. Go. Who holds the track records for the five thousand yeah. meters and ten thousand meters? Because a lot of people might listen and think, oh, it's, well, it's probably Mo Farah or 
remember Harley Gabriel Selassie, he was quick. It's not. It's, it's not. not him at all. It's Bikili. He holds both records. His, his pedigree on the track and cross country is amazing. Much, much better than, than, than Kipchoge's, actually. Yeah, no, I'll give you that one. So he, 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 his, 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 his speed, and you can see it when he runs, his, the, the power that he has, which mm. can come from track and cross country. Yeah, he's, he's pretty he's much... Royal, a, he's royalty, this guy. He's, he's one of the best. The best. He, you, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could say that he's the best, he's the best track runner of, of those kind of distances ever. Yeah. So, and I know it's like, okay, Mo's very good at that stuff as well, and he and his marathon career hasn't quite been um, what it might have been. Mm. But, but Keely actually, he's been a bit inconsistent, but he that run in Berlin, it puts him like in the same bracket, or I think, as Kipchoge. So I think this is, I think he's really got a good, good chance here. Yeah, I, I'm going to, but the thing is, what that was, a, that was like almost like a sporadic moment. So you say mm. like his previous best was 2016, right? Bekele's. So Kipchoge's form began like 2014, and he's won an unrelenting amount of races since yeah. then. There's a there's an argument to be made that Kipchoge's um, consistency, yes, is most definitely his strongest point. And the fact is, he's only getting faster means that I feel like London is in the bag. So I I agree with you. He's so consistent, isn't he? Yeah. And this is why I think that Kipchoge at some point. The same way that, say, the German football team, right? Okay. You know, are, are very occasionally, don't get out of their group. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or, or New Zealand, you know, don't quite don't quite do it in the World Cup when they when it, when all the stats are issued. Kipchoge is due an off day at some point. He's a human being. Do you know what I mean like? Is he? <laughs> the guy's the guy's a human being, and he's yeah, he's won what like twelve out of the thirteen marathons he's done. Yeah. At some point, he's going to have an off day, and if he has even a slight off day, and Bikili has a good day, this is why I think it's different, right? I think you could say. When it was Mo, like last year, you say yeah. Mo's got to have his best day, and and Kipchoge's got to have his worst day by some way. Yeah, yeah. So you think those two things happening on in London actually is quite unlikely. Yep. That's not the case this time. Like Kipchoge's got to have a really good day, and Bikeli's got going to have a really good day, and it's going to be close. With two seconds. Yeah. This is giving you an extra point in the argument, but I feel like <laughs> if I feel if the two of them are heading towards the mound, they're next to each other. Yeah. My money would would be on the track man. I think that I think Bekele could take him in a in a sprint finish. I think so. You right. know, if it comes down to a sprint and, and Elliot's got two seconds on him, yes, and they're both flat out, is he going to make up that? No, because Kipchoge is no slouch. Is <laughs> this is it. <laughs> we, we don't want to start painting this false picture of him being slow. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to say that the best performance at London. Oh yeah, for Kipchoge versus Bekele is 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 a story in itself. There's a two-minute, twenty-second difference. Yeah, which is when those two running, that's like more than half a mile, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. You know, Kipchoge knows how to win in London, doesn't he? He yeah. almost he expects to win in London. I think. Um, and they won. In, they've met in marathons four times before, and your guys won yes, all four. Has. Okay, yep. and it hasn't actually been massively close. I, I, I get that, but actually, overall, over all terrains and distances. Um, Bikili's beating Kipchoge more than Kipchoge's beating Bikili. So, he, so he's actually he's actually very, very used to beating Kipchoge. Or, okay, not over a marathon, but he, I don't think that he has... Kipchoge has the fear factor for, for Bikili in the same way that he does, like, say, for um, for a lot of the other marathon guys who are just like, they haven't they haven't known victory over him. Yeah. No, I, I would actually say that you're right. And I think the, the intimidate, a sense of intimidation, his untouchableness that Kipchoge probably had yeah. is now has got to be a bit... You know the 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 shine has come off it, 
Because he's, you know, the guy is two seconds off him on yeah, the same course. Yeah, exactly, yeah. There's got to be a bit of... I mean, you could never tell watching him run that he feels anything but pure joy, but there's got to be a bit of like, you know, oh, I'm not... I'm still the best, but I'm not the best by the big margin. Yeah, and I think that, like, you can you can say, well, look, Kipchoge's run 159, but I think, like as you were saying at the start, like, that has to be looked at as a kind of outlier in its own thing. Look, looks at that, I'm sure, and thinks, mm. well, if I had all those things yeah. in Vienna, I would have run under two as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that the two races, the two, so they're two, the two Berlin races that they that they both when they both set their, you know, the best times. If you look at the way that those races panned out, Kipchoge was, a, you know, he was separate from the bunch early doors and had some paces with him, and he just ran as fast as he could, and that was kind of like this, you know, that was this benchmark world record time that he set. Mm. And Bekele's race was very, very different, and it was like it was an actual competitive race, and mm. you know, he wasn't leading the whole time; he was chasing t- people and a time that was already yeah set now. So, like, Kipchoge's now got a benchmark to chase that isn't sub two, and it's not with paces; it's it's to better his London time, mm. and he knows that he can run faster because he already has. And Bekele now knows his potential and has, has run this two seconds slightly slower Berlin time, so he can absolutely just dis- like destroy his current London best. Mm. So that when it comes to sort of the psychological balance of like who's gonna be out there and thinking more about the race and how it goes, I think it's just open. I think it, I think it is. Well. And also, I mean, we're gonna talk with Kerry about the shoe factor because yeah. I, I think you know an interesting subplot on this is well, you've got the two best guys going head to head. You know, competition drives people onwards. Could we see sub two? Could we see sub two in London? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to go no because of the course and, and you know the times and all yeah. that sort of stuff but you're right I do think that um, what's the current London one hold on let me find it it's two two o two thirty seven. Okay, it's the current London yeah so I mean if it got I reckon you could probably go maybe under two two o two under the oh I reckon so yeah do you think I, I think so but I think I do think a little bit of it is shoe dependent actually right because if um as we'll discuss later on, if if there is a ban on the the next percents or the or the alpha fly mm. shoe, um, you know that, that does seem to make a couple of minutes difference actually. So it will, yeah, yeah, I think it probably will. But um, nevertheless, I still think that it's going to be one hell of a race. Yeah. So I'm going. I'm going to throw out there. I think in a, in a bit of a shocker, Bikili wins. Great race, but Bikili beats. You know, just outdoes him in the last half a mile. I am obviously going to say the opposite. Yeah. I actually, no, to be honest, I quite like to see Bekele win it. Yeah. Because of underdogs and yeah, yeah. and change of the guard and, and sort of like mixing the whole thing up. But I just think that Kipchoge is still better. Yeah. I think he's just still a better runner. He looks more comfortable when he runs. Mm. I think that there's like those two seconds... Are, can be accredited to a hundred of different things. But I think mm. if you look at the way they both run, the power of... Bekele is 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 incredible. Yeah. And that's why he, the track and cross country it works so well, but like the the, the fluid motion of Kipchoge I feel like is going to just win him out in terms yeah. of those those small incremental differences yeah. of when they get there. It's going it's going to be exciting, isn't it? It's but they're both now, they're both on the on the NN running team. Yes, right. So yeah. I feel like perhaps a 2019 performance, mm. you know, he's he's actually been training with Kipchoge more and or they're certainly involved in the same team, which means that you can kind of the influence of sub two means that's where that performance yeah. came from because there's a sort of a different approach. So they're 
in terms of like level playing fields, there's 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 obviously now a two second difference between times, and I don't think much difference between kit, approach, method, any of those sort yeah. of like factors. Yeah, which means that I think that London will be will be very interesting. Yeah, I think so as well. Final thing. Yes, they're both getting on a bit, aren't they? Yeah. So Bikili, my man Bikili is thirty seven, I think. Yeah, and uh, Elliot's thirty five, thirty five. Yeah. So. You would think traditionally that's a, twi- a kind of twilight of elite well, marathon running, but maybe that's changing. Maybe it's changing. Yeah, who knows? Exciting times ahead. Anyway, in, in April, let us know what you think. Who's going to win? Are you going to side with me and say Bikili's uh, going to have an underdog victory, or do you think Ben's right and Kipchoge is going to uh, going to win again? Podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. Back. It's Kerry McCarthy's back with some news and some discussion. Good afternoon. Uh, this week I am combining a bit of news, which uh, hopefully most of the audience will have seen, being dedicated runners that they are, but I'm, I'm covering it off just in case they haven't. And then it's going to kind of merge into a bit of a, a debate between us, I, I, I hope. It's about those shoes again. Uh, the Nike Vaporflies, uh, the Next Percents, which you may have seen are set to be banned, very possibly going to be banned. Now, these, uh, if you've had your head under a rock for the last six months or so, these are the shoes that Bridget Koskai wore to smash Paula Radcliffe's world record at the Chicago Marathon in the autumn. And uh, Elliot Kipchoge wore a modified, highly modified version of them, a, a kind of like a next version, which is nominally called the Alpha Fly, when he ran his amazing sub two. Now... Both those things, coupled with many, many complaints from non-Nike athletes, have led to World Athletics getting their experts together and looking at whether these these shoes give athletes an unfair advantage. They're apparently going to conclude that they are and that the shoes should be banned, (gasps) uh, with that ban coming into play at the Tokyo Olympics this summer. Right. So it's all a little bit contentious. Um, To put put this in context a little bit as to possibly just how much of an advantage these shoes give. Um, if you saw Elliot doing his thing on the streets of Vienna, you'll obviously know um, how amazing that was. Paula's world record, um, which she set in 2003, was 2.15.25. The person who got closest to that was Paula Radcliffe yeah. with uh, 2.17 something or other. Uh, 2.17.42, so that's kind of two and a half minutes slower uh, a couple of years later. Nothing happened until last year, and then Bridget Koskar comes along and runs 2.14.04, kind of out of nowhere. She's had a very, very rapid progression in her marathon career through the times. It's only about three years that she, three years ago she was running something like 2.45. So you can kind of see why eyebrows are being raised, but one thing that potentially worries me is the fact that the powers that be are saying, right, we're going to ban these shoes, but the existing records will stand. Okay. What do you guys think about that? Well, this is this is in the mould, isn't it, of what happened with? I know there's comparisons are made to the the speedo wetsuit. Yeah, the uh, the laser racer, the laser suits. racer. So like lots of obviously lots of records were banned and uh, uh, not banned were broken, but those records are allowed to stand. Mm. Yeah. Some of those records still stand to this day. Over half have, have since been broken without a suit. Um, so, I, so, so there's a kind of precedent for doing that, for saying, actually, look, they, they, were, le- they were legal at, that, yeah. at that time. Subsequently, we decided, actually, that it's not fair. So there's part of me that thinks, mm, maybe that's all right. I think to be sort of almost like 
bohemian about it. I feel like the ebb and flow of like running and how it evolves and all those sorts of things. Part of me believes that well, that was that was the case at the time. Those were the rules at the time. So that is those so records. Those records stay. Yeah, I think you've got a different opinion, Kay, or, or not. I see what you're both saying, but I just I just think it's a bit more complicated than that. You know, when do they revert back to then? So if you take out, so when, what would be the what would if they delete? If they take if, if they get yeah. rid of Cosco's record, yeah. What so does it revert back to Paula? So what However, about the men's race then? When so what would that go back to? So what the, what, the what, first pre-vaporfly? But is it that? Is it like is that going to be the benchmark? Well, they're yeah. not saying. Uh, let's not forget that before the next percent, mm, yeah. there was the vaporfly four yeah. percent. The next, which apparently makes you, it's so named because it makes you four percent faster. Yeah. The next percent was so named because it made you five percent faster. Yeah. So it's kind of like was did does the four percent is that banned or yeah. is four percent faster acceptable? But it's, it's, it's so much. There's so much grey area. This. Th- yeah, there is. It's really complicated. And the, one of the other things to to bear in mind, it kind of sounds like I'm you know flying the flag for Britain here because it concerns Paula Radcliffe, but I'm really not. It's just a coincidence that she happens to be Team GB. But her world record of two fifteen twenty five set in two thousand three, like I said, in twenty eleven. Mm. Um, World Athletics, the IWF, decided that that was going to be downgraded from a world record to a world best because she used male pacemakers mm. in, in a women-only race. Clearly, those those pacemakers weren't, you know, officially taking part. So I feel yeah. she's kind of had her record nicked off. As it happened, she had the next fastest time anyway, mm. but it was much closer to what everyone else was achieving. And suddenly they said, this phenomenal time that you set, you can't have it anymore. They didn't say, OK, you use the technology in this case, pacemakers yeah. that we now wouldn't allow, but it's but it's allowed to stand. They took it away from us. So why would you not do the same with Costco's record? Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, I guess there are so many there are so many grey areas, aren't there? In that we don't know, we don't know exactly. My understanding is that it's an issue about carbon fibre plates. So if if you if you say that carbon fibre plates are a problem, then the four percent would be banned as well. Yeah. I know this is slightly not not what you're asking. Um, so is it like, is the next percent just going to go? Or is it the 4% going to go? Is it every shoe that has a carbon fibre plate? Because it's quite a lot now. My my understanding of it is that it's more about the amount of foam because mm. the the greater the wedge of foam that you can have, yeah. the steeper the angle you can place the carbon fibre plate at and, and thus the more uh, propulsion you get. Right. So if they put limits on future on the, you know, let's say a stack height of 20 centimetres rather than 25 or whatever it might be, yeah. Um, then obviously there's a limit to what you can do with the carbon fibre technology. I mean, I don't, th- yeah, just having that particular material in the shoe, I don't think they're going to ban that because in and of itself, that's not what gives you the performance enhancements. It's 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 all the factors coming together. Mm. But, uh, you know, if you say we're going to ban it, you're going to ban it at elite level. We were discussing this in the office the other day. Okay, so the elites, that makes sense because they make a lot of money out of it. But what about, what about sub-elites? Those athletes that go around and make a, a kind of scrape and okay living from getting you know a few hundred quid here a grand there for, for mopping up races or even at the level below that very dedicated club runners who don't do it for money but they do it for club pride yeah. you know recently i think rick you spotted this there was a, a recent ekiden array, uh, event in tokyo which is a kind of a japanese team relay taken extremely seriously in japan 85% of runners were wearing the Nike Vaporfly, whereas previously they would have been wearing, of course, the Japanese brands of Asics or Mizuno. Yeah. I kind of feel like the cat is out of the, the technological bag a bit, and it's like, ban it and take away the records, or or just suck it up. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of people that are wearing these, even like, like you say, like, like the kind of competitive end of amateur running. Oh, you look e- at everyone's everyone's invested in these. Look shoes. at any race photo. Yeah, look at any like from the last however months, and it will just it's a wash with pink and green. Yeah, because yeah. that's it. That's all you see on people's yeah. feet. Certainly at the like the first first half of the of the race, and and. I mean, you can't like the impact has been massive yeah. in terms of like general marathon times going up, definitely, yeah. and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So, I know, yeah, it's, it's cost a factor. Now, I've worn these shoes. I actually got, you know, I got my marathon PB in them. They are, they feel like nothing else you've ever worn. It is a bit, a little bit like wearing pogo sticks. But part of me also thinks, you know, they cost two hundred and fifty quid, or they were when they first came out. I'm sure that you can get them reduced now. But if these shoes were 100 quid for the sake of argument and much more accessible to the masses and, and kind of everybody had a pair, yeah. would they just go, oh, well, fine? But I, think, I mean, I kind of feel like everyone almost does have a pair. Like if you look at imagery and, and those sorts of things, I, I don't know. I think that like... I mean, a lot, a lot of competitive yeah. um, club runners have a pair, yeah. it's. Um, I think it's... it's and also... Let's not that one. Even off that, then, then they, might have, they might have the 4%. And it's it's other brands, isn't it? Like you know, it's 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 an open secret, isn't it? That other like lots of other brands are Poker trying to have a carbon plate in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. It was you know we saw over well some of you may have seen over the weekend that Adidas had a prototype shoe that was being uh, secretively running at the Houston Marathon, and that thing it's like they're like moon boots. You know, they obviously had no branding on them or anything because they were kind of like secretly testing them out. But if the rules don't change, then Adidas will presumably launch whatever that prototype is, and then. Yeah. It's kind of like an arm. It's, it is an, an arms race. It's a bit of an arms race. It's, yeah. But it's kind of a bit like saying, America saying, okay, we got to the moon first, but now we're banning anyone else from trying to get to the moon, so it'll just stay with us. Yeah, but true. It's, it's a, allowing the records to stand, but banning the shoes is, is a pulling up of the drawbridge, I feel. And, and it will dissuade athletes from other manufacturers for, for feeling they can break records or going for them. Yeah, I think that, that's a good point. Like, is all these these kind of shoe these records with the shoes are they going to be unattainable for the next 20 years without the shoes because there's a lot of time off isn't it well like, nobody got near Paula's record without these shoes and yeah. then same with the men's record I mean what like we've taken what I mean let's leave the let's leave the sub two on its own there's, I still think like two minutes has been taken off a marathon time in these shoes yeah. so it's like that's a lot of time at the elite level marathon running yeah I mean quite, it'd be quite interesting to see you're talking about You'd probably have to remove the top end elite, elite, like so you you keep Chogis and you but sort of to 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 go back down the rankings of a few majors and find the closest runner placement who's not in a probably an Adidas runner who's yeah. not in yeah. a pair of, yeah. of of Nike shoes and just see how their performance matches. Well, I think uh, uh, most of the marathon majors do that every year. Now they have poor, you know, poor people who are there to kind of clock every single pair of shoes and what brand they are coming across the finish line in the order they come across the line. So I would imagine that data will be at some point readily available. Just to, because you, then you would get like a benchmark of how much the shoe is changing everything. If yeah. you've got runners of, an, of a similar level and ability and one is in this shoe and the other's in the other shoe, then yeah. obviously, I mean, the records speak so far that the, 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 yeah, significant the difference, Vaporfly yeah. has made a massive difference, but it just... I think if they're going to ban a record, then they're uh, with the shoes. They're in a real dangerous territory of just like at what point are they stripping it back? Like, is it, are they going to go back to when Boost was bought out? Because then that was obviously that changed, you know, energy return and things like that. So are they going to go to the? So th- this is they go back to the seventies when everyone was just a pair of jazz, sockany jazz, and that was it. <laughs> like, you know, this is why I think that the easier thing to do is to say is not about stack height. Say 
we can have no carbon fiber plates in shoes right. because that's like that's a binary thing, isn't it? You either have a carbon fiber plate in a shoe or you don't, yeah. and you can say that shoe has it and that shoe doesn't. It's, it's quite a simple thing to to be able to ban if you were to do it. It may be that there are too many shoes, and and they've been around too long for that to happen. But I think that that's like a that's a fairly easy kind of if you've got it or you haven't, right? right. Everything that's got it at elite level, you're not allowed to run it. It doesn't count. But I don't know if that is actually what's being. It doesn't sound like that's what's being suggested. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It is, it's intriguing because I'm sure we're, we're, we're confused and struggling to find a solution here. Yeah. Imagine what those guys who have to come up with a ruling are, are feeling, feeling the pressure from all different sides. Do you think that we could potentially, as in the sort of Tour de France, where they have like, you know, secret motors in bikes? Yeah, yeah they, well, the mechanical doping. Yeah, like what could, shoes. Well, that's, yeah, they call Heelys, aren't they? <laughs> could, could we actually have, you know, <laughs> imagine seeing secret, that? Just down, just sprinting yeah. along and then just sliding. Mo Farah overcoming the strictures of getting old by just putting wheels in his shoes. Secret carbon fibre plates in shoes. No, well, if they were, if they were banned, though, can you, can't you see that? Couldn't that happen? Um, They'll come up with technology to test. Mate, the, you, you have to walk yeah. over metal, a footplate which detector, identifies what's well, in your every, shoe. Every before every bike race, the the UCI um, commissaires go around scanning bikes. For for, right. for for motors, so the, something easier would would take place in carbon fiber. They would just have to, they'd probably stick a hypodermic needle through the midsole to to see if there was any resistance or something clever. I wondered I where know. that needle was going to be stuck. Then. Yeah, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, scary future. Scary yeah, future. indeed. Anyway, do let us know what you're thinking. Whether you are somebody who owns a pair of these shoes or has been thinking about it or you just have an opinion that you want to share, do let us know at podcast at runnerswell.co.uk. This is the Runner's World Podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So, Rick... Countdown. Yes, due to be a new father at the end of this month. Let me impart all of my <laughs> knowledge. No, come on. Um, it's not often that we just have you and I having a chat about something in, yeah. in, in, on the podcast, so uh, people just have to put up with it if, if, if you know, there's no experts here, but it's nice to have a, ch- a chit-chat. Agreed, yeah. Um, how are you feeling about it? I'm feeling very excited, actually. I think it's something for me that's become 
it started to feel more real over the last two months. Possibly because visually my wife now looks very, looks very pregnant. I think actually the first few months as a as a kind of prospective dad, yeah. you can be a bit like, oh, I can't I can't see anything that's massive physical change. We've had a pretty simple like pregnancy, I guess, um, so far. Touch wood. And but now it's like right, we've, we've been to the NCT classes. Yeah. It's about to happen. And yeah, and I think one of the things that one of the balances I want to try to get right is yeah, my own interests yeah. along with also being a good dad. I mean, this is the great, uh, the great balancing act that that yeah. comes with the whole thing. Um, I think that the main thing that I picked up straight away was that um, the importance of things shifts quite dramatically. Yeah. So I know that when you were doing, you know, you've done your ultra this year and you had like PBs that you wanted to get as like yeah. benchmarks before becoming a dad. Yeah, I think that that's kind of like that's a very honest and like normal reaction it's kind of like you feel like there's an end of something coming yeah trying to cram in certain yeah, yeah, things yeah. exactly yeah when the reality is i think that you know um with some 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 excellent time management and some understanding between each other things kind of can be pretty normal especially mm. in the early months when everything's like is is kind of unless bottle feeding is is the way you go then pretty yeah. much it's 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 on the mum to be doing the bulk of the activities yeah um so sleep is your main enemy, yeah, to begin right. with. But the rest of it, like, yeah, I think that I, I, I think I tried and successfully managed to keep the the training going as much as I wanted. But being at home suddenly becomes way more appealing as well. Yeah, and I think that's possibly the, the narrative that that I haven't heard enough of. I think that as as dads, we can often get into this. Oh, it's the end of. Yeah, you know, mm. you're not going to sleep. And it's the end of. Yeah, well, actually, what, what about some of the amazing benefits of having? Having a child in the world, I think that's uh, we we don't we often don't say that as dads actually like actually it's massively exciting because oh it's the best yeah, yeah. I mean this is probably me just uh, generalising from my point of view but I think that when you are a runner or a cyclist or someone who has a a pastime that they are incredibly passionate about there is an inherent selfishness that comes with that mm. because you dedicate a lot of your time and energy to achieving certain things with that activity and initially you're thrown by the introduction of a new person that you're responsible for because it does impact on your life routine and, and even habit, um, you know, takes a while to get used to and all these sorts of things. So I think that there's a, there is a real sense of, oh, something new and changed and different. Yeah. But I think that the, the rhetoric around it, which can be like, oh, it's the end, you'll never get fast again, you'll never do yeah, this right. again. Yeah. It's nonsense. Like, it's just like I've got mates who've got two kids who've just run PB marathons because, you know, it's you become so much better at being organised. Yeah, there's a kind of efficiency that I think yeah. you're going to have to try to do. Yeah, I heard this um, phrase someone used in uh, one of our I'm a Runner interviews and she, she called it a, a PBPB, which is post-baby yeah. personal best, which I think is quite, I mean, it's possibly more applicable to, to the mother, but I think dads can have a look at that as well, actually. But I think that the, the line in the sand moves with everything that happens in life anyway, like kids' jobs, uh age yeah injury so i think that you can say like a post a post baby pb is definitely like the new thing you should look towards yeah yeah we, we're trying to, i don't know if, if you've done this but we were trying to say like obviously the first i feel like the first couple of months are a little bit their own their own thing but yeah. then after that actually to be like it'd be great to have i'll say to to, to georgie look you can always have this, this this week this this week night is always your thing yeah and i and if you can extend the same thing to me so it's like okay, I would probably choose that time to to do some hard running, basically, yeah, yeah. with a local friend, basically, yeah. And then, 
and then everything else can be worked around that. Yeah, there's some real easy. There's 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 the obvious stuff like you will work out a system regardless of whatever happens. Like there's just it's just the natural order of things. Yeah, right. be that like I don't know. Then there's there's things like commuting. So you've got to get to work now. If you haven't run commute previously, that's a great way of yeah getting some miles because you're suddenly like well. Actually, if I get the, I can either run the whole way, or I can get the train to a point and then run a bit more, mm. or that sort of stuff. Which is because you got to get to work and you got to get home. Yeah. So you could do it twice a day if you wanted, and then you you you, you got to be it. running more than ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll yeah. be knackered. But this is, you know, I think that there's people do tend to feel like, oh, it's going to be so tough and hard, and and it's not. It's it's just it's just different. And I think yeah. that that's that's great. And you just you know you become. Uh, you become more motivated, actually, yeah. as well with these stuff. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, I've, there's I've more. Definitely um, heard that. Yeah, there's more impetus. Yeah, right. On it because you're kind of like, all right, well, my time is now way more precious. Yeah, you don't want to be away. Like, you don't want to like anyone who's prioritised the running over the children is doing it wrong in my book. Mm. Oh, I agree, and I think um, we have to say as runners, I think we often get our priorities um, can be quite skewed. I think because running rewards a kind of slightly obsessive yeah. um, mentality that you actually you can quite easily get in that kind of well, like if I could just do that strength and that, that other strength and conditioning thing in the week or that yeah. those extra miles mm. um, and that can become a bit of an anxiety thing kind of like oh god I can't yeah. I can't do that extra bit yeah you can have that and I think that the other thing is that um, it, it removes a lot of pressure because you are more time time poor or you're tired or whatever it is and you can suddenly just gleam a lot of pleasure and enjoyment and and a bit of like uh, your own time from a little run that you would have probably taken for granted yeah you would have taken for granted or you possibly might not even bothered with yeah because you were doing 10 miles later on that week or something like that whereas the opportunity to do two Mm. around the block while the baby's napping and the wife's having a nap as well you know like that sort of yeah those sorts of things definitely like you just you gleam a lot of uh enjoyment out of the little nuggets of yeah of right. running joy that you yeah. that you get and i yeah. think those are really like they become way more precious i think that's yeah, that's right. nice as well yeah no it's um i'll get a buggy get a running buggy oh i've got a running buggy good yeah because i know you can't use a running buggy until children are i think six or nine months old something yeah like they've that. got to be pretty so it's down in the basement but yeah. it's uh it's one of these Tula, I think that's how you pronounce it. T H U L E. The Swedish guy. Swedish one. It looks yeah. great. It looks like a sort of Formula One car. Yeah. So no excuses. No excuses to do it. Well, the I think the the, the world record is something mental in terms of. Oh like, yeah, no, it is. It's like someone's run like a two thirty marathon or something with, with two kids. I think. So there you go. So that's something to aim for. Um, do you think that your relationship with running changed after the birth of your kid or not? Um. Yeah. Definitely. There's no two ways about it. You, 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 it changes um, completely, but in not in a not in a dramatic way. I think okay. it's just kind of like this is the new level of that I'm at. Like this yeah. is this is what happens, and um, it's a it's a time thing. It's being more efficient with what you're doing. It's using your lunch break. It's using your commute. It's using the time in the day that you might not have really bothered with before because yeah. you knew you were going to have other time to do it yeah you just shuffle stuff around yeah um so i think that it just changes and you probably have to alter your approach in terms of what mm. you consider um useful or or uh, for your betterment and those sorts of things yeah right right but um yeah it, it, but at the same time i've i've 
fully continue to enjoy uh, running, cycling, yeah. parenting yeah. in equal measure throughout the whole time. Doesn't so have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not really. And you know, I, my um, I I've taken Seb to some races, and he's watched like some cross country races, yeah, yeah. and he's enjoyed that, and he sits on the back of the bike, and mm. I never had a running buggy. It was never something. That was the one thing I decided. I decided I wasn't gonna have him in a running buggy. If okay. I was going to go for a run, yeah. I wanted to just still do it as a run for me, yeah, and not take him out in the buggy, yeah. Which uh, I would probably change if we had another. Okay, I would probably get one, but um, I think that initially that was the call that I made in terms yeah. of like I don't want to have to have the he's having a nap so now I can go yeah I would just go running if I had the opportunity yeah I've heard a few people say that I think that there is there's something to be said for that isn't that kind of slightly compartmentalizing like yeah I'm, I'm actually not I'm not parenting when I'm when I'm running that's yeah like, yeah that's, that's like a joy thing yeah the, the other side of it is I think mate that I well I know that I, I'm, a, I'm a better person if I am being physically active oh yeah so I kind of want to as a part of me is like and actually I think my wife is is someone who wants who wants to be active as well, and that's great. Like, um, so yeah, so there's part of me that thinks, well, I, I think that people people who don't know running think, "Cool, you're running all the time; you must be knackered." But I think running gives you energy, actually, or any kind of aerobic thing gives you an energy within a reason. So I kind of think actually, like, it's an important part of my week in some ways to to continue to do. Well, I think that the, the negativity and again the rhetoric that we talk about about the negative that that keep that comes from it is that people who are very used to training and running on a regular basis are used to a certain amount of chemical endorphiny mm. brain balance stuff going on in terms of like the exercise generates this and I am happy this I get the rush I'm yeah. the endorphin so when that's removed either you'll know it from an injury yes yes so when anyone else, and anyone's injured and they're out there's a bit of a lull because they're not getting that like, and I think that that's the same with parenthood. I think yeah. people who, who, and it's natural, like you, you, you all for the first few weeks, months, however long you're, you know, getting used to that whole setup, you'll be training less, which means that you're not getting the regular bump of yeah, like right. yeah. ha happy joys yeah. from the running. Um, you'll get a thousand more from the baby, but yeah, right. you know, you're used to the running ones. And I think that that's where, um, a lot of people consider it to be like, oh, the, the, you know, the, 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 I'm unbalanced because yeah. I'm not doing enough of it. But at the same time, you will. <laughs> you will do enough of it. Yeah, and I think possibly with the things that you really love, like, you know, and, and obviously um, your child comes into that as well, you, you do find time for the for things that you that, that are really important to you. Well, yeah, I mean, I've I, we were having a chat previous, just a minute ago, about um, coming off social media yeah, and right, freeing yeah. up time in the day. Yeah. And that's very much like what happens. You don't. You just cut off. And and um, uh, Major Sam McGrath, who was on uh, yeah, right. the last podcast, he, he he's his regimented lifestyle, which was quite extreme, mm. but meant that he did all the things he needed to do mm. from a running point of view, and from a family point of view, and from a work point of view, so that he got everything done. Yeah, we say about was it hard edges to his day? Hard edges to his day. So this would be what it's seven now. So I'm done. Like I'm, I'm done. So, like it's in terms of like you know oh. I'll be at work 20 minutes late because I've just been faffing, doing yeah. blah, blah, blah. No, hard edges. Yeah, I'm doing this until this and then this and this and this meeting is still here and then I'm done mm. for the day. So, you know, those 20 minutes you spend reading Twitter or the 10 minutes reading that story on The Guardian, which is, you know, about football or something, yeah. you're not doing that. 
Yeah. Hard edges. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's impressive, isn't it? In many ways, like it's not. For, it's possibly not for everyone that that kind of approach. But I do think. Um, no, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm not that. I'm not that. Do you like flexibility? I don't think it makes me tense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I need that. Line, I need blurred lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I need. I don't. I, it would make me too. Um, Highly strung, I think, if I was yeah, just like right. stressing about time to that degree. I yeah. think some people really enjoy the the, the measured approach, and it mm. gives them the balance. Whereas I'm like, oh, I just didn't want five minutes. Yeah, I'm, right. I, you know, I'll read my book for a little bit, and that'll you know, or do yeah, this, and yeah. like I like a little, I like a little a, a buffer zone between each task. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's funny actually because this was on this is on my mind about kind of parenthood and and uh, and running. And we did a poll that said. Uh, do you ever feel guilty about making yeah. the time to run? I think it came back about 60% no and 40% uh, said yes. That's actually quite a reassuringly high amount of people who obviously just who feel confident that running isn't something for them to to feel guilty about. But actually, I do think that it's something that, uh, that new parents would, would probably... 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I felt really guilty about going out running before yeah. and, and spending time away. You feel guilty because you're not with the with the child yeah. and you want to be... Yeah. Because, you know, that's obviously a brand new, like, toy, basically. Like, it's, it's like when you get anything brand new, you yeah, want right. to, you know, look at this thing, it's amazing. And then you're, um, yeah, you feel guilty because the other person you're leaving, your spouse or partner or whoever, in charge. Yeah. And, you know, that's new and terrifying. Mm. So you're, you're in a position where you're not, you're both, you're not, like, you know, this isn't common. Like, however, a year down the line, you'll just yeah. be like, cool, bye, I'm out for a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah, you're old yeah. hand at it by this point. But the first few weeks, it's terrifying. Yeah, no, I bet, I bet. So yeah. you do feel guilty about it. So there's, I think that the guilt is to be um, expected and yeah. to be respected almost in terms mm. of like, actually, if I feel guilty, then maybe I shouldn't. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it does, it, it passes, like that sort of guilt of yeah. stuff like becomes more like balanced and yeah. and all those sorts of things. Well, Ben, thanks very much for your sage wisdom. <laughs> My very, like very personal experience. No, I think, well, I think it, it probably is for everyone, isn't it? But um, yeah. I'd be interested to know what what our listeners have to say, how they've managed to um, balance running with parenthood. Maybe they even started running after becoming a parent as well, because I guess that's the other the other way that this can this can go. So yeah, I saw actually I saw a really really interesting story about this the other day. It was a guy who was um, uh, morbidly obese um, started. Uh, he was worried that his daughter would be bullied because of his size. Right. So he started uh, like training and I think running to, yeah. to to lose weight so that he didn't embarrasses well not embarrassed but you know he yeah, didn't yeah. want to be the the source of the bullying for yeah. his daughter i thought that's a, that's a, see that's the power of parenting you yeah. see that's the motivator yeah there. the guy was you know he, he he'd reached a point where he was you know it, off his own off his own back he mm. probably might not have attempted to do such yeah, a thing right, but yeah, like yeah. the thought of his own daughter being bullied because of him yeah that was the motivation yeah he, he could needed. do it for her if not for yeah. himself basically um so let us know yeah um podcast at runnersworld.co.uk love to hear about your uh, running and parenthood stories planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 